Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Perry with Premier Guitar here in Nashville, Tennessee, at Marathon Music Works, with my good friend Tim. What's from up? Under Oath. Yeah. And Diego, uh, Tech of the Century. How you doing? The, the nerd of this operation. <laughs> World's <laughs> Tech. Yeah, right on. So, um, Tim would like everyone to know that he has a couple of guitars. I have it's just two. A, it's just a couple. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You guys, Keep it simple. You guys have scaled it down. Don't overcomplicate yeah. anything. I, I, like the, I like the KISS yeah. model. Well, let's start with uh, whatever your number one is. What? I mean, I guess my what number do you want one. Most, I, honestly, it's pretty split, but this is a SG special. I've broken way too many nice SGs, and I used to like nice guitars, and then I realized that I don't need one. Sure. So we basically just buy these and then rip everything out. Take all the pickups out. Mod everything out to where it's just an on knob. So it's just volume. Volume, and then Seymour uh, Duncan humbucker, and that's literally it. Yeah. And this stays in drop D for the whole set, so before we'd have like a whole vault of C-sharp, C, everything, and... Diego basically programmed our fractals, which we'll get to in a minute, via our playback with Ableton, where we have pitch blocks. So if I needed to be in C, it's just a simple thing that he puts in, and then the blob hits, and now all of a sudden it's lower. And I just ride this for everything aside from drop A baritone stuff. Love that. What's yeah. up with this cool wooden pick card there? So I this know. guitar is really weird. I We're not sure if it's honestly legit or not, because oh. we got off reverb off of just some cat. Um, I tried to get as close to the other one that he had, which was a 1970, like the yeah, special T with the two mini humbuckers. Right. And my friend over here just decided to murder it at the last show of our last tour, dropped it on its face and it broke in half. So I picked up this to get as close as I could, but normally this comes with a one ply parchment pick guard and it came with this guy, which leads me to believe that it was either the guy tried to make one on his own or right. something. <laughs> it's um, for sure handmade. <laughs> and there's like the, the nut is also has just a bunch of tool marks on it still. A lot Ooh. of it just seems very kind of maybe like he made a kit guitar, but either way, it honestly plays better than the last one, so we're not really gonna complain. Wow. Yeah. 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 And then we just dropped a JB in the bridge. It's bespoke, as we say in the <laughs> yeah, It's definitely bespoke. You could definitely call it that. No, here's a real litmus test on whether or not it's fake. Does it does it neck dive on you? <laughs> Like if you just put it, have it strapped on, or uh, does your pack help weigh it down? I don't think so. No, it doesn't really. Because I've always had that problem with SGs. No. Oh, look at you go. Look at that. I mean, I can dive it, but no. if I put it back, it so doesn't. It's, it's okay. Yeah, most yeah. of them are yeah. top heavy, so maybe this is just a big pile of shit. But it I could still be just one of those <laughs> under the coconut tree yeah. guitars, man. Yeah, buy my signature bespoke uh, broken <laughs> SG model out next summer. <laughs> Fun stuff. And then uh, what else do we have? Oh, yeah, we're going. Uh, so you have a backup for that, obviously, right? I do. Yeah, it's just a standard telly. Okay. Again, same thing. No input jack because I rip them out. So Diego just took out all this shit. Same Seymour Duncan and then... So did you mod this to, for the input jack to be on Yeah, the basically my standard process when I get a new guitar for them is just take everything apart, rip out all the controls, and move the jack on a telly to the, the tone knob position. Yeah. yeah, in the plate. Um, and then I take uh, pretty much just all the pickups out, wire it straight to that tone control or that volume control. Yeah, just We're keep done. it as simple as Fucking possible. Yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. break everything. Yeah. So the less moving parts yeah. we have, the better, which is why yep. we switched yeah. to Fractal and like no more unplugged wires on my special Skyverb that yeah. I bought on something for a trillion dollars. It's just like, let it rip and let us get back to business. Man, I, I, I love that idea. A lot of people in the comments are like, oh, it's not real amps, it's not real amps. But if you tour full time, you'll realize quickly how you want to eliminate any problems. I don't know if you remember, you once took out my band Il Patriot and Ryan Rado, who has Tourette's <sighs> Syndrome, 
had a tick with uh, a cup of water on stage <laughs> our first day of tour and fried my whole board. Yep. It sucked so bad. So yep. like that whole tour, I was like having to borrow shit and like trying to make it work. And it was just yeah. a nightmare. I mean, and that's it. And like, I think there's gear heads and then there's like Get music done, heads. Yeah. And I'm more like music, like as many moving parts as I can eliminate. So I don't have to realize that we're about to hit a clean part, but I happen to be headbanging over by Chris and I have to run back and do an AB switch. Like right. tone is not important, like energy and like things that kind of move the needle with a room to me is important. And then obviously we have people like Diego who are tone geeks. And so right. when I can get someone to use something that's sufficient for my workflow, but actually sounds amazing, right. it's kind of the, the perfect marriage. I love that idea because it's your job to come in here and riff. You yeah. got an incredible front of house team that's going to make it sound good. Yeah. You got Diego who's going to dial it in so it does sound good. So Yeah, yeah the only thing I do manually is the wah, just because I feel like that's actually a performed like feel. But as soon as, you know, if something's going to click and I'm falling behind a drum riser or up front somewhere and all of a sudden we're in quarter note delays on clean and then we're back to breakdown right. distortion wherever I am on stage, like it frees me up to do what I do, which is express myself the way I want to on stage without having to worry about right. the technical side. Jazz so hands. that's a win for me. Yeah, I just don't have to do anything yeah, for I the most that. part. Yeah, especially, I mean, if you're a fan of Under Earth and you've seen these guys live, you know for sure that Tim just sits still. He doesn't move the whole <laughs> doesn't move yeah. the whole so, Same thing. This thing is so sick, and I've seen uh, uh, these come up a lot recently, and I guess they're kind of sought after now, right? Like, they definitely are, yeah. In part, thanks to Loathe, who's on our tour, because they kind of popularized sure. this in that music video. And after that, it just exploded. Yeah, man, they're they're nice. Oh, I like I like awesome. it a lot. There's been a couple of weird Squire guitars that have found some kind of like lore. real mainstream lore. Yeah, yeah like the bass six and stuff like that. Absolutely, Fender's not making it. But um, why baritone instead of you know a, just a lower tuning on a on another guitar? I actually like it. Does the difference yeah. in scale fuck you up live at all? I actually like it because it's again I care about doing something else and when all my frets are jammed together i have to be way more precise but with this like i could play all of our drop d stuff sure. so much easier because okay. i have this much placement rather than this much placement so i actually like the long scale i'm small and short so i wear I'm it high to make sure i can reach and it looks a little quirky sometimes maybe. i'm a fan too i started out on gibson scale guitars and yeah. i remember the first time i kind of messed with with fenders, even not baritone fenders, it was like, holy shit, this is so much easier. Yeah, it's great. Like, and same thing, though. I mean, input jacks here, fuck that. Take this out, don't need that, and it's just... I love how you just jack, um, nope, no, never nah. mind. Is yeah. that just because of the angled cables that you It use? just makes it easier instead of having to deal with, like, you know, this yeah. poking out here and having to remember where I plug in the cables, kind of like a muscle memory thing for both of us. Like, sure. if something comes unplugged, he doesn't have to be, oh yeah, this is the, the bullet-style jack. It just, right. it's always right yeah. in the same spot. When boom, strobes boom, are boom. going and you're trying to, like, panic mode, okay. there's just no Put way. it right there and you're done, you know? All right, so tell me about this pickup. Just, just a, a standard stock, stock. faster-shaped P90. Did you have to, uh, you know, EQ anything specifically for this guitar? Because everybody knows, JM pickups sound like shit. Yeah. It's a P90, so I guess it'll, it's, Still going to be a little noisier than a, than a humbucker. It is, you know? but the gate that we have kind of is like a global gate that splits the difference between both styles of pickups, and it just, we don't ever have any noise issues at all. Was it stuck? Yeah. Yeah. We haven't changed anything except we're just We have another one, one that we just threw out. Oh, so yeah. So oh, yeah. if we would have known, they'd be worth $2 trillion. Yeah. We would have saved it. No. Yeah, it's literally stock. Like, a lot of people, like, chew through, like, did you hear what Duncan just dropped? Or I had this sure, hand-wound sure. guy from the Midwest that's smoking everybody and i'm just like dude it sounds so good already right like 
gear infatuation is super cool because it's like a passion or a hobby, but it's not necessary for me to do totally. my job. Also, so it's like once I have what works, it's relative. I just want to keep it, <laughs> yeah. you know? People get so precious about that shit, and it's, it's relative. Not to mention the fact that, especially if you're running this all through XFX, the tone shaping possibilities yeah. are kind of limitless. That's pretty much what you we know. do. Yeah. I mean, if we have a new pickup, then we'll just EQ match in here. Sure. And also, it's like if he's using that for specific songs, we already have per, per song patches that we'll just dial in for that song anyways. Yeah. Right, right, right. It's not like he's right. running just through the same amp on every song. It's like right. we have infinite amps in here. Yeah, well, and, and you not, could set a bass marker tone and put a Stratocaster, a Squire, and like an acoustic is exaggerative, sure. but you could put anything through it and then all the scenes change, but the output is uniform right. and the tones are uniform. Right. If well, you have someone who's capable of actually understanding how it works and achieving that. Totally. Yeah, yeah. And you I know? mean, let's be honest and slay me in the comments if you want, but Under Oath's tone hasn't really, at least for heavy stuff, hasn't changed a ton. I mean, it's been an awesome distortion yeah. for Just every record. It's not like you guys have completely changed, shifted no. gears and gone left field and... Yeah, I think know. there's a lot of people that talk about, like, oh, this 5K knock in the bottom <laughs> end, and I'm just like, dude, that's for someone else. Yeah. Like, yeah, the, the let me 5K. just headbang and, like, let's have fun, you yeah. know? And not to not to degrade it, it's just not my skill set or even my passion. Yeah, like, totally. I, I hate buying guitars because that means I have to spend my money. Like, I don't collect guitars. I don't have, like, special guitars at home. I have a studio. Nice, do you have some nice guitars? Yeah, well, yeah. in our studio, obviously, I have, like, an active five-string bass, an active four-string bass, a Les Paul, sure. uh, really nice telly. So we have certain pieces, but we record all of our baritone stuff with this. Sure. Like, yeah. this is our studio rig and our tour rig, as long as I don't break it, you know? So... That's it's like you're cool. doing pretty good so far. Yeah. I love how not precious you are about this. That was your backup for the baritone? Uh, the same thing? Yeah, Identical. this this one's name is Barry Manilow. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Barry but yeah, Manilow. It's literally. Now, what gauges and, 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 and what gauges and string brand are you running? So uh, we're Ernie Ball family all the okay. way, all day. Shout out to Tim Dove. And we use just their stock uh, baritone set. Um, they just sent us a new longer formula, which yeah, is a little bit better. Okay, yeah. It's the same alloys, though, but I believe... Let me see if I can grab one. Sure, sure. I always forget the numbers. It's a... Whoop. Don't expose the set list for the show tonight. 13, 18, 30, 44, 56, 72. So 13 up top. That, uh, yeah. I mean, that's... Heavy, but for baritone, that's actually not. Well, it's interesting, well. too, because, you know, on a longer scale like that, I believe there's a 28-inch scale. The 72 on the bottom, I mean, we're pulling, like, almost 30 pounds of tension. It's almost, it almost feels like a bass six. Right. But for his playing style, and because he plays so hard and he's so active, I prefer to run it that way, because we could easily get away with, like, a 56. Mm -hmm. um, and that already would be pulling, like, 22 pounds of tension. Um, but because he's so active, it lets him hit hard and be dancing around and keep that fundamental note nice and stable without a lot of what's called pitch excursion. That wow, sure, sure. wow, it's just da, da, yeah. da, nice and solid all the way through. So I like yeah. to run the heavier gauges on that. Yeah, I totally get that. And then yeah. on the drop D guitars. Yeah, we're doing uh, beefy slinkies, which I believe are 11 through 54s. Now, are you guys writing records now, both in drop D and with the baritone stuff, or... Is the drop D stuff kind of the older, you know, chasing safety stuff, and the baritone stuff is newer? Uh, everything was drop D literally exclusively until Disambiguation, sure, yeah. except for one part on Lost in the Sound where we did like a drop A thing and we didn't know how to play it live because right. it was literally like, who cares? Let's just do something cool. We're, we'll sure. figure it out later until we had fractals. Um, and then, yeah, baritones really came into play in Disambiguation, and then 
Erase Me was kind of a blended a mixed bag, sure. and then uh, the last record was pretty much all on baritone. And on Let Go, the new song we just released, as well as the two other songs we're writing right now are all on baritone. Sure. And even like, you know, uh, Hallelujah, for instance, like that was one of our singles from the last record. It's actually in D minor. Like we could, you could play that in drop D, except for one, one move. move. Yeah, yeah. So it's not like everything's in A minor or drop A. Right. It's more just having that freedom. Uh, and Loathe uh, has a really interesting tuning that they were telling me about that I played their guitars on, and I'm going to fuck around with that as well. Oh, the open the open E? Yeah, open, open E, A, E, A to start. I've, I've, which yeah, is I've seen some guys doing that. Really sounds cool. cool as shit. Yeah, like everything I played yeah. was cool. I was like, oh, not, not yeah. I was just like, yeah. everything sounds cool. Yeah. So I just want to try it. It's funny because traditionally hardcore bands, well, I guess you've kind of, you know, superseded that now, but traditionally hardcore bands are either in a drop tuning or a standard tuning. And it's really cool to see these younger kids, um, you know, the next generation start fucking with alternate tunings because yeah. if you are playing um, uh, chaotic stuff or stuff that's a little out there, there are some tunings that can really make your life a whole fucking lot easier. You know? 100%. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, I mean Norma save Jean your wrists, kids. With, like, uh, <laughs> Norma Jean on Oh God, I believe it was, they tuned the E string down to where the bar chord if you barred the, is it called, what's at the bottom? Is that the top two strings That's or the, the bottom? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, the, the smallest ones. The two, if you barred it, actually made the dissonant eh. chord. Yeah, yeah. So they would just go, like they could just do this. And I was like, how are you doing that? Oh, we just change the pitch right. and change the tuning. Because, yeah, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're in your band, like uh, Under Earth or Norma Jean, like how often are you on the? Yeah, until like, until you until you like play around with something that's cool, and all of a sudden now you want to go to it because it's a different trick rather right. than like oh, there's just octaves. Yeah, it takes you know? a good YouTube for sure. Mm -hmm. And it yeah. does. It's exciting to like mess around because I I find with my guitar playing like I d I'm self-taught, so I don't have theory. And I find myself going to similar forms sometimes, and then I have to break out of that. Right. And you put a different tune guitar in there, but I try to go back to kind of what's natural, or even just play one of our songs and see how that modulates. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's fun. Because yeah. then it's just like another creative tool that you know you, you can rely on. I like that. Yeah. I like that a lot. Now I noticed that there's not locking tuners on his stuff, which I would almost assume that he would need because this dude's moving so yeah. much. Yeah, well, you know, here, here's my thoughts on all that. Like, there's a lot of of people saying, like, locking tuners for tuning stability. In my head, in my experience, because I come from the custom shop world, sure, sure. building Luther's school before I got into this, way before, um, I've never had it benefit tuning stability. It's just for string change speed. You uh -huh. just put it in, batten it down, tighten it up. Gotcha. The real trick to tuning stability is in how you stretch the strings, your gauge selection, um, and your setup. Setup, sure. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's really just the key of it. And if you have a player that can play in tune, he can play very in tune. Like, I've, if I ever handed him slightly out of tune, I can hear him correct it with his fingers. Uh -huh. Like, okay. knowing how to play really is like the key to all of it. How to pick. Some people are picking way too hard, which some people would agree that there's, or disagree that there's even a, such a thing, right? But some people pick way too hard and they monkey grip it and they're playing out of tune and that'll pull it and it'll get stuck in the nut if you have burst right. in the nut. Like just the maintenance and setup of the instrument and the player are the only thing. Tuners, I don't think really have too much to do with it unless they're broken, have like a broken worm yeah. gear or something. Or if they're really cheap. We have yeah. really yeah. cheap ones that, you know, that they're not the, stress yeah. of, the precision machining yeah. and the gears is off and then they start to slip. But, totally, okay. And, and I really, I honestly like that. 
like I like the punk element of like man like when you really dug in there for that last breakdown it was like out of tune. <laughs> it was floating yeah. in tune to where it widened it but right. it, you could tell it's like we thank god this song's over i love that yeah i kind of like that you too. know yeah. that's like punk as hell it is it it's really just is. like old shit rather than like everyone's on evertunes everyone's on right. this and that it's like Ugh. yeah like it's, be a rock band as we are about to talk about how we use computers now. So, <laughs> the duality. Punk rock well, is that, yeah, I mean, so, I don't know what everyone wants to hear, but that's my philosophy. Like, use computers to get you back to being more rock and roll than you were when you had to think about all the cool rock and roll pedals. <laughs> well, it makes sense if you don't think about it. Yeah, yeah. right. If you're not thinking about it. Yeah, it yeah but when I say it out loud, I sound like an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that's actually a perfect segue because, you know, the last time we hung out, you were, you guys... Man, I learned so much um, from playing shows with you guys because you were like the first band that I had ever played with that was like, nah, man, low stage volume. And I remember you guys could like fucking talk to each other on stage, and I'm like, yeah. what is this shit? I don't like in ears. They they fuck with me really hard. Like they make me super dizzy for some reason. Um, I guess it's usually because I always pull one out so I can hear my cab. Yeah. Sure. Which is dumb on my part. I just never got used to it. But obviously, you guys are not playing real amps anymore. There's no more no. attenuators and stuff like that. So with the Axe Effects, I know that Diego has set all this up for you. Were you going for amps that you might have been playing live back in the day? Or is this a whole other approach? Or well, I, when we got our fractals, I set all this up. So I programmed all of our playback. Obviously, I understand basics of MIDI because when we do projection sure, sure, and all yeah. that, I was running all of our playback. Diego took that over. So when I started, it was just let me find something like a JCM 800 and a TS9 because that's what my old rig was. Cool. Yeah. Um, and then Diego and JJ, actually, uh, our producer and front of house engineer who does all of our records with us and is on tour with us, like. We brought in the studio and we got some bass tones and then Diego would take one home and then program everything. So it's been a mixed bag of like team effort. Um, and we just kind of base it off of something that feels as close to what we would want in the studio. And I don't even know what it is. It could be a tweed with like seven rats in front sure. and behind it. I have no idea. I'm just like, that's it. Like yep. whatever that is, let's duplicate and then adjust to variances and pick sure. up gain and tone you know he could probably speak yeah. to it a lot more yeah so i mean i think your heavy bass tone right now let's actually if we can pull that up here i don't have bass recall tone. layout no your bass b-a-s-e man oh, he always says yeah that. so it's a diesel vh4 it's of the dizzy it v4 yeah, silver three yeah well because i think that's what you guys use when you track with the apollo in the church studio yeah i think that's like the most close emulation it's definitely one of my favorite high gain patches in the axe effects yeah. sure. awesome man yeah. Yeah. And we just got a quad cortex. And how do you feel about it? Great. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's, awesome, I'm asking Diego if we can get some drawers. Try it out. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people. He's mad because he just built this. I was like, but I want it. I, this is so cool. Yeah. yeah. We're gonna use it in the studio. Put it through its paces. But sure. everything we've done so far is like, holy shit. Yes. They come out with a rack unit. Dude, you gotta realize yeah. modeling has come so far. The girl so stuff is unbelievable. You know, like yeah. it's like. It's unbelievable. And and I feel like the disconnect for a lot of people is they're used to the, the way an amp feels, right? Yep. For me, and I, I was the same way. I was like not really into my Axe Effects until, personally, I run mine with a power amp through an actual cab. It's the, spe it's the paper speaker, dude. Like, yeah. beyond that, when people are like, oh, I can, I can tell. It's like, oh, can you? you? Can't tell. No, you it's can't. fucking 130 decibels in here. You, you, you cannot tell. tell me that you can, can tell the difference. Tell. No. Like, okay. Yeah, Periphery and Loathe both use similar rigs, sure. but they actually have, like, not dummy, but just 
power amps and cabs just to push air and air feel. On. Even if you have that on stage, you can still run cab sims and whatever you want to yeah. house. It's fine. Yeah. And like we get around that because we juice our side fills. Like Ooh. I'm like, dude, if you could put my guitar in the side fills and when I chug, I feel like a gut punch. Yes, I want to feel that's it. That's exactly. all I want. Yeah. And okay. it helps front of house because we're not trying to like send signal and just murder the front row. Right. And now he's counterbalancing and wherever he walks, like shit's hitting me from all right. angles. We have the best and cleanest front of house experience, but then we feel everything crossing over from left to right side fills in unison. So it feels like right. there's amps everywhere. It's kind of the best of both worlds because you have in-ears. So yep. you're getting a super clean... You know, I can signal. hear everything. I but can you protect can feel my hearing. Yeah. As well. yeah. And yeah, sometimes I'll turn my in ears even lower than I would need to just so I could play off the room feel. Like totally. I could hear Aaron through my in ears, like as if I'm doing this, and then my guitar is through my side feel. I just need a little bit of click and make yeah. sure I'm aware of everyone else's. Uh, Make transgressions and or successes <laughs> speaking of click i'm guessing you guys have this scene changes program right so it's changing with the ableton I'm yeah guessing. yeah so basically we're running ableton live 11 suite um and we're using this max for live plugin called setlist by strange electronics and it basically just controls all of these little locator flags up here each flag is a song and if i pan through them and i just kind of play one so you, are you starting the song? Yeah, so I start at the top of the set. This is my little mini controller right sure. here. It's a USB mini go box. And that goes into our Play Audio 12. And then that feeds both computers the input signal and then also both computers see it as an output interface. Um, each song has a click track. We have count-ins. We have the song names. So you hear a little robot voice like, you know, Viper, one, two, three, four. That's what we call breathing a new mentality. Okay, gotcha. Um, Hallelujah, one, two, three, four. And then you have the metronome. And they're all made with MIDI devices that have samples in them. It's a drum rack. And so I can literally just drop a bunch of MIDI clips. And that's all just a MIDI clip just looped. So we don't have to print click tracks or anything. Love it. And yeah. then we have time code files uh, for lighting and video control. We have percussion, drums, uh, synths, um, extra guitar leads and candy yeah, gonna, tracks. Is that how you're handling, you know, because there are tracks going on. There's like, you know, beyond what Chris is playing, yes. there's other guitar stuff happening. So you just have it already pre-recorded and yeah, set to Yeah, we were trigger. like anti-tracks for a long time. Oh, and no, then we kind of got to a over. spot where we have all of these keyboard tracks in a session. And so instead of just printing that session like a lot of bands do and just having a stemmed out master piece of the record playing, Chris goes through and basically mutes, let's say there's 30 synth tracks, some are clicks and pops, some are really important leads. Sure. He'll go ahead and mute everything that he's going to physically play live and we play as much as we can. And then we kind of have a decision of like, can you even hear that in the mix? Does it help live? Does it hurt live? Right. You know, our second guitar is on a track, but I, I wanted it to feel like us live. So I just basically recorded to the session and just, as much as I could, just all live. Sure. Like I want it to feel human, messed up, and then when I'm playing to it, all of a sudden it creates this thing where there's almost a North Star, but then I can deviate right. off and then come back, come to, back it to it because yeah. I'm deviating from myself, and I think that's really important. Sure. And obviously that's a huge advantage with a guy like Chris, because obviously he's doing a lot of this live, but if you see an under oath, this dude is moving like a crackhead. So yeah, kind of making it a little more simple for him so he can fucking rock out. And well, it's more like the opposite. He tries to play as much as he possibly can. That's and what I'm then, saying. Like, and then we have different swells and like you just run out of banks when there's like <laughs> this swell and that swell. So he does as much as he humanly can. And then we really just have like 
omission or not, and right. then we can just throw it in. But we're not running, you know, 48 tracks and like a yeah. Macy's Day parade. Right, but it's not pretty spear show. Yeah, we want it to yeah, reinforce, not be a, like a crutch. We gotcha. want it to be an accessory, just like fractals and all that stuff. Totally. It's just like use what you can to get you to where you want to be, which is just headbanging and putting on some real shit, yeah. ideally. I love that. Yeah. Bulletproof stuff that's cheap and accessible and it's not cheap well i mean yeah, <laughs> as far as guitars you know like if one of those broke it wouldn't oh like, end yeah, yeah year or something sure. like that it's stuff that you yeah can this find. rig was it's great multiple that they're just, five figures but it's part of it <laughs> they're just widely available man like that's kind of our philosophy is like what can we build that's going to be the best for the price and then also easily replaceable should yeah. we end up in yeah. a spot where anything in this rack i can just find on reverb right. like i bought some of these fractals on reverb right before this tour sure put this together in my house and then brought it out. Right. Like I can get a standard telly anywhere. Right. Yeah. Like we're not bringing out a $5,000 custom, like, right, right. you know, European strat that like with a special whammy bar that it. needs a special Allen key to adjust. It's yeah. Like, yeah. Right, proprietary right. Floyds yeah. that we can't find anywhere. It's like, I can even speed nice little special baritone over there. If I really needed to, I could just go get like a Galatra baritone and, guitar it'll center, and it'll work. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I like that. I love it. Yeah. I'm excited for the show tonight. Dude, thank you. So good to see you again. Likewise. Great to see you guys. Diego. Appreciate you. This guy's worth his weight in gold. (laughs) He knows what he's talking about with this shit, and I really appreciate it. I agree. Thank you guys so much for watching the Rig Rundown. Stay tuned for more uh, Rig Rundowns, video lessons. Don't forget to check out the drum rundown. Tell your drummer. Shit's really fun. See ya. Cheers.